A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. Here ends the reading. Good morning. I'm sorry, the bishop spoke last week. Although I've always been a Lutheran, my family's faith background is quite a mongrel mix. My father was raised by a Jewish mother who converted to Christian science when her Catholic husband died in the 1918 flu epidemic. My mother was also raised Catholic by her Episcopalian mother, but at the age of 16 she rebelled rather vehemently against the church, moved out of state, and changed to a non-denominational Christian church. When my parents met and married, they settled on Lutheran as our family faith when the American Lutheran Church of the ALC was founded in Burbank. Throughout her life, even with her strong love of the Lutheran tenants, my mother protested vehemently against any Lutheran rituals that smacked of Catholicism. For example, she would never, ever say Holy Catholic Church during the Apostles' Creed, nor would she partake in the imposition of ashes. But interestingly enough, my siblings and I were all given saint names for our middle. I never knew whether it was just such a very Irish thing to do, that it overrode any vestiges of Catholicism, or if it was an easy way of getting out of giving us questionable family names like Flora, Gertrude, or for my brother, Delbert. <laughs> I was named and baptized Colleen Teresa, named after St. Teresa of Avila, Our Lady of Flowers, and the patron saint of headaches. Thanks. <laughs> you stole my tagline. Uh, St. Teresa was a strong woman of faith, willing to stand on her own two feet and defy her father and the other church leaders, which was truly a feat in early 16th century Spain. She was an interesting woman, a mystic or spiritualist or strong woman of deep faith, depending on who was writing about her. She was contemplative and a reformer. She was a paradox who wrote deeply and strongly about all sorts of prayer, but loved to read romance novels. But in her prayer, in her life, in her efforts to reform, she was a woman who lived for others. She has been called a woman of purpose. But what is purpose? Purpose has obviously become the new hip strategic word, not just here at CLU or within the ELCA, but it's everywhere. It's on Sirius XM Broadway Channel. 
It's on TV shows, it's in books and blogs, even murder mysteries. Perhaps it's because people my age are starting to question whether the last 40 or 50 years of working really hard had a purpose or if we were just working to pay bills. Maybe it's because of the senseless tragedy we see among people today who harm others in the name of misguided justice or hold fast to a narrow, hate-filled belief system. Or maybe purpose is just this year's kale. (laughs) We'll talk about kale later. (laughs) I don't like it either. Last June, I was privileged to attend two off-sites on vocation and purpose, one with faculty and staff here at CLU, and later in the month, a gathering of representatives from 21 of the ELCA's institutions of higher learning. During those very special days, we challenged each other to do more to support our students by ensuring that our faculty, administration, and staff understood all the reasons behind Lutheran higher education, about vocation, about purpose. These challenging, insightful, and ultimately inspirational meetings really, believe it or not, left me breathless. Even this close to retirement, they clarified my need to find renewed purpose in the work I do and then to share it with others. So, what is my purpose? Well, I can't turn the page. Poets, philosophers, people of faith, business consultants, and even musical theater songs tell me that my gifts are my purpose. I'm supposed to discover and share my gifts with you. Climb every mountain, ford every stream, follow every rainbow till you find your dream. I discover my gifts and life's grand plan is revealed to me by Julie Andrews. (laughs) When you walk through a storm, keep your head up high and you'll never walk alone. I share my gifts proudly, even though I'm a Lutheran, and the world is all butterflies and kittens. But is it really that simple? And more importantly, Are my gifts my purpose? Before those June days, I would have probably said yes, thanks in part to that mongrel faith mix that loves to mess with my head. But now I don't think so. However, there are a lot of great minds out there telling me my purpose only happens when I share my gifts. W.H. Auden used to say, declared, in fact, you owe it to all of us to get on with what you're good at. I googled Bible verses that would support my theory, and boy, was I disappointed. 24, 24 voices uh, verses immediately popped up, all telling me that I was supposed to use my gifts for the good of others. And of course, my personal saint chimed in, God gave us faculties for our use. Each of them will receive its proper reward. Then do not let us try to charm them to sleep, but permit them to do their work until divinely called to something higher. So what good is a personal sink, for crying out loud? But I still hold to my theory that my gifts are not my purpose. For one thing, 
Kyle and I talked a little bit about this. Gifts aren't born fully functional in you, like Venus on the half shell. Gifts are small sparks that you must fan to flame. They require intense practice, focus 24-7 attention, and even when you commit to giving it all that, it may still not be enough. Ask every fourth place Olympian. So why have I been given gifts if they're not to be my purpose? Well, after much soul-searching, I believe that God's gracious gifts are my support system, pure and simple. They're the fire in me, my strength, and conviction to answer God's call to serve others. My first gift is that of song, but as my vibrato gets wider and it's much harder to read those teensy-weensy little notes, I no longer sing at the gift level. But you know, really it doesn't matter, because music provides me with a happy heart, and I have such rich memories. I have memories of chorales, opera, and symphony choruses sung in majestic cathedrals and concert halls. Show tunes with my family around a campfire. Eight-part happy birthday sung full voice by my family, the Doherty's and the Schaffs at the Velvet Turtle. And as a five-year-old, favorite hymn sung with my grandma beside me in the pew, hand in hand. Music, and particularly music of my faith, is in my heart always and will always bring me great joy. My other gift isn't fun or cool, but maybe even more important as I grow up and grow old. That gift is being able to bounce back after adversity. As a child, I had the bad luck, the very bad luck, to be in the crosshairs of some adults' really very bad behavior. And I also made some really poor choices as a young adult, in part because of those earlier experiences, in part because of my innate temerity, and before I had the good sense to seek therapy. These experiences taught me so much. I learned to ask for help, even when difficult or unwanted. I learned to grieve loss when appropriate, then move on, accept responsibility for my adult decisions, and to deal with the consequences. Most importantly, I learned the difference between victim and survivor, and that choosing the latter provides choices and opportunities the former never, ever will. I believe these gifts of song and survival provide my inner strength and emotional support. They allow me to live my purpose and to So I know you've been waiting to hear my purpose. Well, and that's understandable, because after five years, few people can figure out why I'm here at CLU. (laughs) But I believe I'm here, I'm called here, called here to help people look at how they work through a new and different lens. I coach and facilitate opening new doors or windows so that others can find the joy I have in my work. As others have helped me, I help others bloom and grow. So enough about me for the moment. What gifts provide you with inner strength as you approach your daily tasks? What fills your heart, your life with joy? 
What fuels your purpose? Why are you here at this moment in this place? At this time? And through your purpose, how do you show God's presence in all your actions? As for me, when I feel tired or beleaguered, or my calling at CLU seems a little cloudy, I have my gifts to remind me that regardless, I have a purpose here in this place, in this moment. And through God's precious gifts working in my life, I know I am calling Teresa, child of God, saved by grace. And how purposeful a gift is that? Amen.